You ready? Yep. Let's go. All right. Let's let's do this. Actually, I should have been recording first, so we can have that little ditty in the beginning of a yeah. you know the little banter, and then we cut out. Oh well. Welcome again to another episode of the Financial Insights Podcast. My name is Brian Ullman. I'm a financial advisor at Certified Financial Planner here at Ford Financial Group. And I'm joined again this week by Ryan Louie, who's also a certified financial planner and financial advisor at Ford Financial Group. And it's that time of year again. We're recording this in December, and I'm not talking about Christmas or New Year's or any of the other holidays around this time. It's that time of year for scams. We're hearing a lot from our clients about phone calls from scam artists talking about how um, someone's information has been compromised or whether they owe back taxes or um, so their social security benefits have been withheld. And so because we're hearing a lot of that, we wanted to address it in this week's podcast and talk a little bit more. So Ryan and I this week are talking about um, 10 ways to, to identify and deal with a scam. And then we identify at the end of the podcast, uh, how some common scams that relate specifically to social security, because that's what we're hearing a lot about right now. Um, so listen, be sure to listen all the way through as we go through these 10 tips for the scams and hang on till the end so we can address some of those social security ones specifically. I think you'll find that useful. So hang tight and we'll get started with Ryan and I talking about scams and how to deal with them, uh, on this week's episode. So Ryan and I are talking today about uh, scams, uh, and we've been getting really the, the impetus for this episode of the podcast is because I, I know I've gotten some calls from my clients, from a couple of clients, in just the last week about scams, about, well, not, they're not calling about scams, they're calling concerned because they've received a call from somebody else that is either threatening or it, it's a concerning call that some account has been suspended or that they owe money to the IRS or some version of that. And of course, they are scam phone calls, but they seem realistic. The, the clients are concerned. One, you know, one of them was that their social security was going to be suspended. Have you gotten any of these phone calls? Not recently. Um, I haven't gotten any calls from clients particularly, but we actually do get the same client call, same kind of calls here in the office saying that the social security administration is calling for us and it's important that we call them back in regards to, you know, certain information that they're withholding. Right. So it hits everyone. It does hit everybody. Um, the, the calls that I've gotten more most recently relate to social security. Uh, and, and it's interesting because it doesn't take much digging. Um, even just from the social security blog, there's a blog on the social security website is that they say that social security phone scams are the number one type of fraud reported to the federal trade commission and social security. Um, and over the past year, the scams, um, kind of take on different, they've taken on different tones, you know, that's, they, um, threatening fraud or all, all, all sorts of different kinds of things, uh, compromise social security numbers, those kinds of things. Um, the, it's interesting if you look over one of the reasons why this is really coming up now is because it goes on more in December. There's an infographic on the social security website that says that in December, they received in December of last year, they received 30,592 allegations of fraud, which is more than the, all of the prior 14 months. So 
this is a problem that is undoubtedly out there. So I think we're going to try and tackle this in two ways. Um, so we can kind of get some information out there to help people understand what they can do. We're going to start by talking about 10 things that everybody can do to avoid fraud. And then we can kind of get into one of some of of the more common ways to deal with social security fraud specifically, because that seems to be the kind of phone calls that are out there now. Right. Um, all right, Ryan, well, let's kick off on just kind of the 10 things you can do to avoid fraud. Why don't you start with number one? So one of the things that happen the most is somebody pretending to be someone else. And you, a lot of times, as we have mentioned, that may be the Social Security Administration, that may be the IRS, it could be a family member, a charity, somebody that you work with, because they want they want to believe that you have some kind of trust with them, which makes it easier for them to scam you. Right. So in the way to deal with this, I mean, whether it's um, whether it's somebody you trust or someone even pretending to be someone you trust. Right. I see a lot of these like the Social Security ones getting back to that. They're, they say they're calling from the Social Security Administration when, in fact, they probably aren't. Uh, in fact, they very likely aren't. Um, and so to deal with this, uh, that before you know exactly who you're dealing with, it's important that you don't send money or give out any personal information when you're dealing with these unexpected requests, even if it comes as a text or a phone call or an email, right? Correct. Yeah. You want to verify exactly who you are talking to or corresponding with. And that may be double checking the phone number. Right. That may be um, double checking the email address. Yeah. Um, that, that it's the one that you actually, you know, correspond with if it's a relative or someone else, you know, you, you have to do some due diligence. Yeah. We're not saying don't trust anybody, but it's the old Ronald Reagan saying of trust, but verify. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, don't. And especially if you're going to be giving your personal information or going to be sending money or anything like that, you definitely want to you know, check mark all the boxes. As opposed to if you're just having casual conversation, you may not yeah. need to, you know, verify. But it spot much. the imposters. If someone yes. says they're calling from your church and they need your social security number and some sort of bill to be paid, I don't know what it, what it could be, or some donation that you promised, um, say, okay, I'll get back to you. Hang up and call the church right. or the organization or the charity or whatever it happens to be. All right, let's move on to number two. And number two is do online searches. What does that entail, Ryan? So like anything, I think that the the internet's there to, there can be a guide to help you look up what um, kind of scams are out there. It's A lot of these scams are happening to so many people that by doing a simple search um, for these types of scams or reviews or complaints, you can find out information to help guide you as to, you know, whether this is uh, true or not. Right. This is the kind of, this is by doing an online search, you are spotting the imposters, right? This is how you spot the imposters. And specifically, um, you say, okay, let me get back to you. And then you take out your phone, your tablet, your laptop, whatever you're going to do, and just Google what you're being asked, you know, social security fraud scam. Bang, you're going to find a ton of stuff out there that's going to help. And you're probably going to read these articles and they're going to sound very similar to the situation that you're dealing with. If not the identical script that you just heard on the phone. Okay, let's move on. I'll take number three. Uh, and, And this is one that I think is really important, which is don't believe your caller ID. Um Caller ID has been great and it's been able, it's allowed everybody to spot scammers or spot calls that you don't recognize that are coming in. And sometimes now even cell phones tell you if it's a potential scam alert, but technology has also allowed these scammers to mask their call or mask their phone numbers um, to appear as though they are calling from a number that you do know. 
So one of the ways that this has come up is that the number people can fake it as if they were. So the caller ID shows that they're actually calling from the Social Security Administration. So just because it says it's coming from Social Security, that doesn't mean that it actually is. Our office has had a very specific example here where someone was calling. I don't know who was doing it, but someone was um, spoofing our phone number here and calling people. I don't know what for. Do you remember what it was? No, no. We didn't have any specifics as to what they were calling for up for, but right. But we were getting calls from people saying, "Hey, you just called me. Why?" And we didn't call them, and they could. They were all over Florida and you know South Carolina, all the all sorts of places. Um, but it's really easy to make it appear as though you're calling from a specific number, or these scammers are calling from a specific number, even though they aren't. So don't trust your caller ID. And again, I think that you know they're going to use trusted names again. You know, it could be. Um, Apple, the the company calling, and they're going to pretend to be Apple and something's right. wrong with That's your a phone. Great something, example. Something in your computer. Yep, exactly. And so again, they're going to use recognizable names that you would think maybe they are calling me. Right. Um, okay. So let's move on to number four. Don't pay upfront for a promise. What does this mean? So like most things, I don't think that when you have a service or there's something that needs to be paid, um, that a lot of times that we pay things upfront. Uh, usually when a service is done. Um, we pay for it afterwards. And, right. But of course, that's not the way this is going to work because they're not going to provide you a service um, to then get, for compens- nothing, right. for, to get compensated. They're just looking to get your money. So, right. you know, it, it, again, it makes sense to not pay for pay for things upfront, um, wait for a service that needs to be done. And if it's done, that's, 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 a diff- that's a different situation. Right. And so the example here would be, you've won a prize. We need you to pay 10%. And this is the, we need to pay 10%, then you get the prize. This is the old, you know, um, prince from Africa. You've, you've won something. Now you send us something else and, and we'll get, and it doesn't always come in the form of a prize. It's, Hey, we can, um, you can, um, get out of something we can, we can help you write off your credit card debt. We just need you to pay us the taxes that, which is a thousand dollars. So send it to us and, and we'll figure it figure that out. And and if you're having to pay upfront to get something bigger later, my bet is it's a scam 10 times out of 10. Right. Right. Um, which kind of gets us if you're to pay in the, on the idea of paying somebody or paying upfront for a promise that's something for something that's going to happen later, consider how you're paying people who are calling you. Right. Right. So this is where this is number the, five, the number five, this is the, the benefits of why you have a credit card and, and using it because oftentimes credit cards have these kind of fraud protections, or if something were to happen, you can give a call to your credit card to help fix the situation. Um, and you know, if you're end up using checks or your debit card cash, obviously right. money orders, money orders, wires, all those types of things have no way or no recourse in getting your money back. And that's also, too, why a lot of these scammers are going to try to use these methods. Well, and the latest and greatest is gift cards, right? right. You've had some experience with that. Um, I know I've had a client that was sending iTunes gift cards to somebody for, I think it was for tax relief or promise of tax relief. Uh, and there's no way, once that's sent, there's no way of getting it back, and there's no way of tying the person or the the the, the thief um, to this 
Um, and that's why they use these methods is right. because there's really no recourse. I, I, and I'll say this gives us an opportunity to move on now to number six, which is talk to somebody. Um, uh, before you give up your personal information, call someone you trust. There's a reason why we are getting a bunch of these phone calls. It's because people want to call their financial advisor and say, hey, is this a scam? Is this legit? Because con artists want you to make your decisions quickly. They don't have time. They say this isn't, you know, the clock is ticking on this offer. I would suggest if it's legitimate, slow down, check out the story, give us a call, give your parents a call, give your son or daughter a call if they're wise on this stuff. I, I would say talking to somebody is really one of the most important things in this list that we're reviewing because if you're if you are worried that you have gotten hustled, there's a shame to it. Or if if you feel like you might be getting hustled, but you're in the middle of it, but you don't want to tell anybody because there's some embarrassment there yeah. as well, right? And I also think too, when they, they have you on the phone, for instance, um, it's it's somewhat emotional. You're you know they're probably using some sort of scare tactic into trying to make you do the the, the certain thing right this moment. Um, so trying to slow things down, being able you know having the time to talk to someone will um, probably help alleviate any of that pressure that you, and then an emotional situation when you have someone on the phone trying to push something to right. you. So definitely talk to somebody. Uh, let's move on to number seven, which is hang up on robocalls. Yeah, so on on robocalls, we all get them on our phone now these days. It seems like yep. it seems like you get ten. The home phone is relentless. I right. have a home phone. You have a home phone. I still? don't use a home phone anymore, but I'm never going to have an out my home phone number, and we still somehow get robocalls on there. And I will say that I feel like it was a lot busier earlier this year than it has been. And I think I know that there has been some legislation, some legislation passed and you know, the, the companies have done better job of trying to get rid of them. But nonetheless, if you were to get one and you know that it's a robocall, there's nothing good that's going to come out of it. Right. And, and robocalls are a little bit different, like than spammy emails, because you get an email and you scroll to the bottom, you can click unsubscribe. But if you say, if, if they say, if you don't want to get this call, press one and talk to somebody and you do that, I promise you, you're going to get more robocalls. So trying to be proactive and deal with a robocall to stop more isn't going to work. You just need to hang up on the robocalls. Right. Um, all right, let's move on to number eight, which is be skeptical about free trial offers. So I think um, a lot of this happens probably a little bit more on the internet where right. a lot of free trials are being thrown at you, whether it's email or websites that you're on. Um, and the, the one quick way to tell whether you're going to have a financial issue with this is if they ask for your credit card along with the trial. Yeah. I'll give a, per, a very personal example that ha- hand, uh, that was recent to us. And I don't even know if this necessarily falls into the category of fraud or scams, but uh, we signed up for one of those meal kits. Oh, yeah. It's one of the healthy, We, I mean, it's specifically designed to be green and healthy and all sorts of tofu and stuff in there. Anyway, we signed up for a trial one. We thought we had canceled it. And what showed up at our door two days ago? Another one. And we paid and for, it. for it. And now. Yeah, right. And so we went back on and I think that we're off of it now. But it's really easy to, and we're pretty technical, I mean, 
I'm producing a podcast here. I, I know how to use technology here. Um, and we still didn't manage to unsubscribe from this thing because it was so opaque. And and they realized that, you know, as a certain amount of people sign up for this, there's going to be a certain amount of people that their intention was to cancel it during the free trial, but then it's going to extend on. They know that, you know, certain people are going to take three or four months probably to to, right. to, to cancel it. Right. Um, and so that's what they're taking advantage of. Again, it's not necessarily a scam in the sense of some of these others. Right. But it's something to... To be mindful of. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Okay. So with that in mind, let's move on to number nine, uh, which is don't deposit a check and wire money back to anybody. I, this is not something I see a lot of now, but it's not to say it isn't still going on. Um, because by law, banks must make, they have to make funds from deposited checks available within a couple of days. But if it's a fake check, it can take weeks. And so if you deposit a fake check into your bank account, you're responsible for paying the bank. And so if you deposit a check and wire money back to somebody. So it's like the idea of somebody sending you a $10,000 check, you go to the bank, you deposit it. And in exchange, you're going to go wire out $5,000. The problem is, is you wire out the the money the next day, the $5,000. But what happens with the check is it bounces seven to 10 days later. Right. And, and you're no, on the hook. You're on the hook again because there's no recourse with a wire transfer. Right. Um, so, um, I don't think that goes on. I mean, it, it probably goes on not quite as much as these spammy phone calls or, or fraudulent phone calls. Um, but at number 10 from this list, which is things you can do to avoid fraud or scam being scammed out of anything is to sign up for free scam alerts from the FTC. Um, the, the federal trade commission is at ftc.gov slash scams. Um, and you can get tips from there. You could get advice about what scams are going on. And you can even sign up for an email to know the latest scams. I don't know many people who want to know the latest scams, but it, it is a reason. The FTC is absolutely a resource to use a legitimate resource to use when you have questions and you are doing things like number one, spotting the imposters or number two, doing online searches to sort this out. Um, so we covered 10 things and I know we're a little bit deep into this podcast, but we still want to cover some that are specific to social security, because as I mentioned, as we begin, social security phone scams are the number one type of fraud that's reported to the federal trade commission and to social security. And we've been hearing a lot of social security scams here lately. So, um, let, I'm going to roll through quickly some of the things, um, some of the, the types of social security scams there are. Um, because social security employees will contact you occasionally by phone or by mail if for business purposes, if you have ongoing businesses with the social security administration. Um, but social security employees will not tell you that your social security number has been suspended, which is one of the scams that I've heard specifically of. Um, they're not going to contact you and demand immediate payment. Uh, this gets back to, um, you know, some of the things that we just rolled through, you know, the, the speed of, you know, we, they need an immediate payment. They're not going to ask you for your credit card or your debit card numbers over the phone. Um, they are not going to require a specific way of debt repayment, like a prepaid debit card, a gift card. We've covered some of that with like the iTunes gift card. Um, they're not going to demand that you pay social security debt without the ability to appeal the amount that you owe. And they're also not going to promise a social security benefit approval or increase in exchange for information or money. None of that stuff's going on. And I think moreover, and, and I think as a general rule, social security employees are not going to call and threaten you. Right. And 
I know that we're talking about social security here and I'm going to go a little bit uh, off topic here, but as far as a few months from now, we're all going to be dealing with taxes. And I think what happens too is during tax time, we start to get the IRS scam calls. Right, because that's on top of everyone's mind. People submit their submit their taxes, and then the, then if you get a call, you may think that it's in relationship to this. All the same things that Brian just said apply to the IRS. They're not going to call you for your credit card information, no. for payments, and for no. social security numbers, and ask you to get a debit card for them. Just as much as it, there's all these same things apply to social security. Right, and I think you can this this works for social security, and this works for for the IRS, if there's a problem with your social security record, or if there's a problem with what's going on with your taxes, social security or IRS will mail you a letter, right? You're going to get something in the mail that's official. You're not going to get some phone call saying that you owe you some back benefits for social security or some back taxes on your, and and then then proceed to either give them your credit card number. I think one of the worries is that um, when you get the call that I've heard lately is that someone calls and they know their date of birth. the The caller knows the the recipient's name, date of birth, and social security number, and then is asking for more information or payment or saying there's fraud, and so we need something from you. And they're really thrown off because they say it's a call from social security, and they have information, some, of the personal some legitimate information. information already. Right. I hate to say it, everybody, but that stuff is pretty readily readily available online. Right. Your date of birth is out there. And sadly, your social security number is as well. And it's not just through breaches. It's through people, things that have been signed up on. It, it is because so, your social security number is used so readily as an identifier. It's out there along with your name and along with your with your with some other information for you. So, yeah, so don't be surprised if people call and they actually yeah. have this information. Don't think that they don't take the this, bait. Right. Don't take the bait. Absolutely. So um We've gone a little bit longer than we usually do, but I think it's good. Um, we've actually recorded a video of this, uh, so we'll try and post some snippets of it on Facebook if you're interested in that. Um, if you're interested in talking to mo- to our office more about this or talking with Ryan or me, uh, you can reach us at info at FordFG.com. Our website, which has some good information on there, is www.FordFG.com. You can also call us at our local number, 559-449-8690. And if you're a client and you have questions or you feel like you're getting these scammy phone calls and you want to bounce it off somebody, give us a give us a call. If you're not a client of ours and you are looking for some guidance or want to work with somebody that can help you out in this regard, give us a call, shoot us an email, find us online. We're happy to connect with you so we can kind of sort these things out. So um, I think we'll leave it there. Ryan, do you want to cover anything else before we quit no i hope hope that was helpful for everyone yeah me too i think it was a good topic to cover all right thanks the advisors with ford financial group are registered representatives with and securities are offered through lpl financial member finra and sipc investment advice is offered through ford financial group a registered investment advisor and a separate entity from lpl The opinions voiced in this material are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Stock investing involves risk, including loss of principal, 
no strategy assures success or protects against loss. The economic forecasts set forth in this podcast may not develop as predicted. Ford Financial Group and LPL Financial do not provide tax or legal advice or services. This information is not intended as a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security referred to herein.